0: This is the OTP, presented by Farm Bureau Health Plans, where you are the plan. Farm Bureau Health Plans makes it easy for you to get the health coverage you need for less than you think. See how at FBHP.com. With Amy Wells, I'm Mike Keith. We're going to hear from a couple of new coaches on this edition of the We
1: OT. are, and I'm very excited about that.
0: We begin with Anthony Levine, and you're saying, wait a minute, I'm one of the OT people. I know that name, and you're right, you do. He played at Tennessee State, and then he spent 10 years with the Ravens. As a backup defensive back, he would play situationally for the most part. But he was an outstanding special teams player. Retired last spring and then spent the 2022 season still with the Ravens organization. He is now on the Titans staff as an assistant special teams coach. So Anthony Levine, Tennessee State, Baltimore Ravens, and now Tennessee Titans. Look at that. Did it you know him when circle. you were with the Ravens?
1: I did not. I was just thinking about it right now and I don't think I think we missed, missed, each, missed other. each other by a year, right. I think. So we uh we were not there at the same time, but I uh I still like him. I like his energy, man.
0: His energy is really good. He didn't have any experience in terms of the specific on-field coaching, but he was such a good special teams player and because of the enthusiasm and the energy you will hear, and the professionalism, Craig Ackerman was interested in him. And when they talked to him, they said, you know, we think you've got really something. And so we're going to bring you in and give you a chance to be part of this staff because we think you add an element. As they went through this offseason and – I don't know that retooling the staff totally, they they retooled the offensive staff for sure, but they were trying to add some elements.
1: Yeah, I think that's a really good way to put it. I don't know that they were necessarily intentionally looking to say, we need a person to coach this. We need someone to do this. But what they were looking for were Traits, right? Characteristics. Right. They were looking for an energy, something to infuse in the c- group of coaches that they have, but also within the team as a whole.
0: Vrabel liked him. Yep. And he said, "We want you here," and so he hired him. And you will hear why. As I got a chance to talk with Anthony Levine, who used to be the enemy, <laughs> and now he's part of the Tennessee Titans as an assistant special teams coach. Anthony Levine talking with me on the OTP. Anthony Levine Senior, what are you doing at Ascension St. Thomas Sports Park because all of us associate you with the Baltimore Ravens. You were number 41 for the Ravens. What are you doing here?
2: Well, now I'm, now I'm a Titan. I'm an assistant special teams coach for the Tennessee Titans, and I'm a Titan now.
0: But, I mean, I'm, I'm a little skeptical because you tortured us for years. You played great against us every time. You made big plays on special teams. Those heated Ravens Titans games between 2012 and 2021, a playoff game even, is it a little weird for you? Maybe like it is for us.
2: Um, yeah, it's weird. Okay. I mean, it's, it's, it started off, it started off weird, you know. Just uh, being being back, being back in Nashville, though. I mean, you know, I went to school here, but um, being a being a Titan, being a Titan, it's been, it's been some getting used to. You know, but um, but being here, being around Coach Raves and being around Alkin, has being around everybody. It's kind of, kind of made me more comfortable. But um, yeah. But to your point, it, it was like sometimes when I walk in, when I walk in the hallways, and I see some of the guys who I played against, it's kind of like I wonder, I wonder, do they <laughs> like how they feel, like what they think? You know what I'm saying? So sometimes you know i I've, I've thought that, but nobody never really. It's it's been uh, nothing but respect for for from both sides.
0: Well, I think there's respect for you because, I mean, all those years i built all those rosters and all those charts, and the quarterbacks changed, and the running backs changed, Ray Lewis changed, and Ed Reed changed, I mean, and there's 41 from Tennessee State University, Anthony Levine Sr. right there, coming down on special teams, gonna make something happen. Um, It's gotta be a special feeling that you know you put in that time that people respect what you did so much, even if you were on the other side, that people respect what you did so much?
2: You know what, man, to be honest with you, man, I've been blessed. I've been blessed. I have have great people um, around me uh, when it comes for just everything that I've had. I've always had a a good close net of people around me that always made sure that no matter what I needed, you know, that I had it, you know? So I could just focus on football and I could focus on whatever I needed to focus on um, but I didn't realize like I knew my teammates respected me I knew that like I knew because that's one thing that I've always wanted I always wanted the respect for my teammates and once I earned the respect for my teammates then I wanted to respect for my coaches but number one it was always I gotta I gotta earn the respect for my teammates but when I realized the respect that I had amongst the league like when, I, when you meet people out uh, you may go different places you'll meet people right and you like you will talk and they oh you 41 I'm like yeah you know but when I retired when I retired and then all the messages that I got from on Twitter on social media and even like coaches and ex-players who I played against that retired like five six years before I retired they calling me sending me messages that's when I was like dang like I did know that I didn't know that people really knew who I was to be honest with you.
0: Whether you're a carpenter or you're in insurance sales or you're in business, if people respect how you do your job, that's a great feeling. That's, that's kind of the ultimate, isn't it?
2: Right. That's, but, again, that, that's, that's one thing I've always wanted. All I wanted was the respect of my peers. You know, and it's been like that since I was little, even when I played in high school. I've always wanted the respect of my teammates. And then when I played against other teams, I just wanted them to respect me. Like, whether we won or lost, at the end of the, at the, end of the game, I always wanted to earn the respect, you know? Because if you earn anybody respect, I feel like that's the ultimate, that's the ultimate thing. Because a lot of guys, you go in this league, a lot of guys make a lot of money, a lot of guys might have a lot of playing time, but then when they leave, like, they might not have the respect of their peers or their teammates or anybody like that. So for me, man, I just just harp on respect. So I've always
0: wanted respect. I want to back up. So you're originally from Louisiana. Yes, sir. And spent high school in North Carolina. Winston-Salem? Winston-Salem. How'd you get to TSU? How'd you come to Nashville?
2: Um, So I was being recruited by uh, North Carolina Tar Heels, James Wester. He was a special teams uh, coordinator there. And um, I ended up going to a camp in North North Carolina camp. And I had a great, I'm doing pretty good at this camp. So this coach, Coach Mitchens, he pulls me out the drills, right? He pulls me out the drills. He's like, hey, we don't need to see no more. He's like, you're going to be fine. Like, you don't need to see no more. Right, so he pulled me out the drills. So make a long story short, Coach Webb comes up to me. And he's like, why are you not in the drills? I was like, well, that coach pulled me out the drills. He told me I was good. But that coach was coaching at Townsend University. <laughs> so I guess he wanted to recruit me to go to Townsend. So Coach Webb put me back in the drills. And, you know, I ended up doing pretty good in those drills. I got MVP of the camp, me and another guy um, from Western Salem uh, named Antonio Wallo. Um, but so they started recruiting me to go to North Carolina. And then Coach Webb ended up getting the head coaching job at Tennessee State. So when he got a coaching job at Tennessee State, I never cleared. Like house and NCAA and all that, I never cleared. And um, that's how I ended up at Tennessee State.
0: What's the best part of your Tennessee State memory?
2: Man, this is going to sound wild, but my, my best memory that I have at Tennessee State comes from Dominique rogers Cromati. And we used to have like 5 a.m. workouts. And I remember walking into 5 a.m. workouts and it's a big hill on side of Tennessee State. And I'm walking into Gentry, because that's where we worked out at in the mornings. As I'm walking into Gentry, you hear somebody like like running or like grunting. You know what I'm saying? Like like they're running. So we hear this noise and we go to the side of the building and it's Dominique Rogers Commodity. He's running hills, running hills. Before we have this 5 a.m. workout. So I'm like, dang, what you doing? And he's just going and going. He's just like, and you watching him. And that's the thing, you know, oh, we got we to get inside. We got to go work out. So we get inside. Dominique is drenched. I'm talking about dead tired. He gets into the workout and still wins every single workout. And he's still going hard, still doing that. And that right there told me, like, right then was like, oh, this is different. But that's why he ended up going first round, like, top 16 or 15, whatever he went. But that right there was probably one of the moments that kind of changed the way I looked at
0: just hard work. You didn't get drafted. No. You ended up signing with the Green Bay Packers. Yep. Played there two years. And you were one of Aaron Rodgers' favorite players that he practiced against. Why were you one of Aaron Rodgers' favorite players to practice against?
2: Man, this guy's good. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Uh, I didn't know people knew that. I don't know if I ever said that, uh, but uh, (laughs) – Yeah, all right. So uh, Mike McCarthy. So Mike, M- again, I come from Tennessee State. I'm an undrafted guy. I have no idea about. I have no idea about um, a head coach, is an offensive guy, defensive guy, special teams guys. I have no idea about none of this. So anyway, um, we in practice, and um, I used to disguise a lot. So I'm if I'm supposed to be in the post, I'm down to the right side, acting like I'm blitzing or whatever. And then I run to the post late. But I'm messing up practice. So Mike McCarthy, he's like pissed. So he's like, Levine, you gotta stop doing that. The court says line up in the post, you line up in the post. And I'm like, all right, yes, sir. So then A-Rod come to me and A-Rod like, nah, keep doing what you're doing. And Why? I'm like, because I was uh, I, I I kept disguising. and I was kinda like, I'll mess him up in practice sometimes. So like they know, they know what type of defense you're running, right? So they'll know if you running cover three or you running zero, because like, it's it. The practice is carded or whatever. So he knows that. But I'm not doing what the card says. Like, I know I'm supposed to be in the post, but I'm not giving him that pre-look. So I'm showing him like I'm down or I'm showing something else and I have somebody else doing something else. And I just did that. Like, I don't know, I'm just messing around. Like, I'm playing, but I'm having fun in practice. Like, at a at time on practice squad. So it's like, you got to do something, to, you know what I'm saying? To keep You're yourself trying to engaged. make plays. Yeah, I'm trying, I'm trying to, and I'm trying to have fun. Um, so I just kept doing that, kept doing that. And I mean, every day, Mike McCarthy would be pissed. But Aaron <laughs> Rodgers kept telling me to keep doing it. So I kept doing it, kept doing it. And, um, that's when he was just called me, like he used to call me, uh, uh, master, master disaster. So, uh, so every time he'd see me, he'd call me like master, oh, I look, master, hey, master, like that. Um, but yeah, that's what I did in practice. So I just kind of, I've always did that and, you know, just kind of. Create a habit.
0: Anthony, what are you gonna do when one of your players now doesn't follow the cards? What are you gonna do? Uh <laughs> paybacks are hell.
2: <laughs> but you know what though? You want you wanna know what's crazy? What's that? What's crazy is, and I'm not saying I have anything to do with this. I'm not. Okay. I shouldn't even say this, but that's all
0: right.
2: In a Super Bowl, A-Rod makes a throw, right? Where where uh Palomalo is disguising, right? And he, Throws. I mean, he's but I mean he's always been a, a great passer. He got great precision and stuff like that. But I feel like you know, um, the things that I did in practice. Like at the end of the day, the look team gotta give the offense or the defense a great look. If you just go out there and just go through the just go through the motions and and you're not you're not making them better. So when they get out there on Sunday, they thinking that they just gonna run, they just gonna run past the corner or run past the safety. Like that's not real life, you know. So it's like you got to get out there. At the end of the day. If the car says you got to be in the A-gap and if you start in a C-gap, but you end up in the A-gap, then as a coach, I'm like, you know what? That may happen in the game. Right. That may happen in the game. And stuff like that does happen in the game. You know, but I tell them, at the end of the day, the final look, you got to be here, you know? Um, but you can't. But I did. Like, I, I did that type of stuff in practice. And I kind of sometimes, you know, we'll wreck practice. And Coach would be mad he didn't get the look that he wanted to get. But then you get in the game, and they doing that in the game. So and that's it's like, what
0: Palomalu did in the Super Bowl.
2: I shouldn't even said that. That's okay. Because now people Because go, that, because you know hey, there
0: was no card that mimicked Palomology. Nah, nah, no, no. There was no, I like mean he did crazy stuff yeah. that made no sense, but it often worked. Right. And then sometimes you could catch him where yeah. just occasionally.
2: I'm not saying I have okay, let me make this clear. I'm not saying I got anything That's to do with you. that. All I'm saying is that, you know, I practiced that way, and I tried to give the A-rod at that time. I tried to give him a good look. Um, for practice, you know, and I feel like that's what kept me around also in the league because the way I practice.
0: So, two years in Green Bay, you go to Baltimore, you finally make the roster, and then 2012 through 2021, everybody called you co cap uh, because you're that guy who leads the special teams and you played a lot on defense, you played multiple positions on defense. At the end of 2021, you decide you're done and at that point, what is going to be next for you? What did you do last season as a non-player?
2: Well, last season I went into scouting. So I did scouting and coaching. Um, but I wanted, I wanted to do scouting because I wanted to get the whole um, experience of learning how to build a team, how to build a roster, you know, what you're looking for into guys. Like, like what makes scouts look at certain guys and like what, why do certain guys fit certain cultures or certain teams? Like, you know, so I, I really wanted to – uh, start from inside out, you know, so I feel like me being a scout. Um, so, I mean, being, being a being a coach and being a player, I feel like, you know, certain things that comes with that. But being a scout, you got to be able to actually, um, like, scout players. You got to be able to know, or you not really know, but you're you're kind of predicting, right? Like, oh, this guy, he's good at this. He'll be able to do this. And, you know, so I feel like if I learned that and I learned the lingo and I'll I'll, I'll be able to talk you know, to players, coaches, and scouts. So that's why I want to do it.
0: How did you get here? How did you get to the Titans?
2: Man, Craig Ockerman. Craig called my phone, and we in, we in uh, draft meetings. So I'm in Baltimore, I'm in draft meetings, and Craig calling my phone. So I answer the phone. How do you know each other? I, I, I don't. You I don't? don't? No. Nah. Wow. No, nah, I've never, I don't think I ever met I met, met Craig. Before. Okay. Um, but yeah, so he called my phone, and it, and so I answered, and he's like, "Hey, you know, this Craig Archman from the Titans." I'm just like, "Craig Archman from the Titans, he's calling me for right?" And he's like, "Well, you know, I talked to a couple guys, and I want to interview you for the special teams uh, assistant job." So I'm like, "Man, you plan? <laughs> like, who told you to call my phone and plan? You know?" But nah, man, he was serious, and. Uh, he wouldn't he, – Craig is very persistent. He wouldn't take no for an answer.
0: He would be a good college recruit.
2: Oh, man, Craig, Craig would be – whatever Craig want to do, I'm pretty sure he would be good at it because he, he don't stop. Like, you can't tell him no. Like, he just if – if that's what he want to do or that's, if it's somebody that he likes or something that he's going to go after, it. just those phone calls from him and Coach Vrabel, you can tell, like, when they want something, like, they're going to do whatever they got to do to get it.
0: You connected with Vrabel right away. Yes, sir. Why?
2: Um, I, don't, I just felt like, I don't know. Like, we just, when he called me, like, the first time when he, like, when he called me, it was like, oh, man, Coach Vrabel calling me. Like, again, like, I don't look at myself how other people may look at me. I'm like, why why would Coach Vrabel call me, you know? and uh, But he calls me, and me and him talking on the phone, and I'm telling him what's going on with what I have going on. And he's just like, man, look. This is my story. And he kind of gave me a quick recap of his story. And I was just like, oh man. And then just right away, it was just like, man, like Coach Vable, like
0: He made a spot for you.
2: Yeah, he's man, he's I the mean, man.
0: That's that's pretty strong. What do you like best about coaching so far?
2: Just being out there with the guys, like, you know, I, I feel like and I tell the guys all the time, you know, I'm a I'm a front line, I'm a frontline soldier, like I'm a frontline guy. Like being a scout was good. It was cool, like being behind a desk. Like that was, but when you out when you out there and you going with the guys, and you know, I still get that adrenaline rush. Like when I'm out there with those guys, you running around, you pushing them, y'all having those conversations, and y'all making each other better because they making me better, and I'm making them better. So we we're at the same time we growing together, you know. And it's just like when we got down that practice field and in that meeting room, it's just like we won, and that's what I that's what I've been used to my whole life, like always a group of guys together fighting for fighting for one thing.
0: Even though it's only been a short time, have you figured out this is what you want to do? This is where you want to go forward? Coaching?
2: Yes, sir. Like, I've always, even like my last, my last few years, that's what I was doing anyway as a player. Like, I'll be coaching. I'll be helping guys out. Like, instead of me, I'm, I'm still doing my reps. I'm still doing things, but I'm pulling guys to the side. And I'm talking to them, and I'm helping them, and I'm showing this, I'm showing them that, you know. So I've always had that, that coaching mindset or ability. It's just certain things and I'm. Down, I'm still learning how to be a coach. I'm still learning. Still, I got I have a lot to learn. But, um, but yeah, man, I, I enjoy it.
0: All right. So let me wrap up with this one. Who's the first player that comes into your mind when I say to number forty-one, Anthony Levine, senior? When you, when I say Tennessee Titans, who's the first player that comes into your mind?
2: Like just boom i feel like that's a
0: trick question no it's not a trick question at all i'm I'm interested to know from somebody who was successful on the outside was a rival understood with the physicality of the series has always i mean this goes back 25 years i mean it's been like this since the ravens moved to baltimore
2: right okay now is i can't say one guy okay like i can't like i can't say oh just the guy that pops in my head because it's like Again, I'm a, I, know, I know why I was in the league. I know what, you know. So when I think about the Tennessee Titans, it's, of course, is, you know, you got your Derrick Henry. You got sure. Jeffrey Simmons. You got um, Bayard, you know. But then you have Darren Bates. You know, you yes. I mean, had to go against Darren Bates, you know. So it's like, it's guys like like Darren Bates, who, who I had battles with for years, who I'm over, I'm making calls, and Darren Bates, he over there, you know, because that's who I got to go against. I got to go against Darren Bates. You know, I got to go against guys like that. So when I'm making a call as, as the personal protector and Darren Bates there on the side and he calling my calls out, and he telling me what I'm about to do. And I'm just like, and he like, yeah, I know. I know what you're about to do, Levine. And this is like, you know, so it's like, again, I can't just name one guy. But, you know, just coming up from me going to Tennessee State. I mean, you think about a lot of guys like Javon Curse. You know, Steve McNair, Eddie George, you know, guys like that. It's just like, those are guys who I watched when I was in, when I was at Tennessee State. You know, I'm watching those guys, so
0: I can't just name this one guy. We're glad you're here. Anthony Levine visiting with me on the official Titans podcast, better known as the OTP. SeatGeek is now the official ticketing partner of the Tennessee Titans. That's right, the deal is finalized, and SeatGeek is the newest member of the Titans family. If you haven't heard the name yet, get used to it because you'll be hearing it a lot more this season. Whether you're buying or selling tickets to Titans games or any other live event in Nashville, SeatGeek is the place to do it. SeatGeek, the new official ticketing partner of the Tennessee Titans, so Titans fans can fan. I visited with Anthony Levine, you got a chance to visit with Lori Locus, better known as Lo Locus, who is the assistant outside linebackers coach.
1: I did, and I was so excited to have a chance to talk to her because she is a name that I have known within the National Football League and within the football space for a couple years. I was so excited when she was added to the Titans staff, and I was interested to be able to pick her brain not only because of what she has been able to accomplish in her career but just to talk about the journey that she has had and the people that she has been able to work with we talk a lot about coaching trees which is just kind of the people that you have been connected with and um, how you have kind of grown into who you are as a coach and the low locust coaching tree has about a gabillion branches
0: but here's the conundrum she has i mean She's a role model, she's a hero, she's a trailblazer, whatever you want to call her, because she's the first female defensive coach in the, in the NFL. Right. And yet, that's not what she really wants to talk about. And, and yet, she, she understands the responsibility of what she's done to other women, or what she's done for other women, but she doesn't want to dwell on it.
1: And that is what made me so excited to talk to her, Because she is, as Coach Mack would say, she is all ball. She's ball coach. She is a ball coach through and through. And so I was excited to talk to her about that aspect of her, the ball coach part, because you hear a lot about the other stuff. Sure. So, Low Locust and I got to sit down and just talk about being a ball coach. And it was awesome.
0: On the OTP.
1: Laura Locust, you are the defensive quality football coach here for the Tennessee Titans. And your experience just in the game of football is so diverse. You've been a part of so many different things. I've got to know how your path ultimately ended up crossing with Mike Vrabels. How did you end (laughs) up with the Titans?
3: Right. So uh, one of the things that has propelled women or at least given them exposure to it has been the NFL Women's Forum. Uh, with Sam Rappaport and a couple of years ago, uh, Coach Frabel had come in and was one of the speakers uh, to the organization of women that were there that day and um, just very engaging, very open, very, as you know, very straightforward, which I appreciate. And uh, we had connected at that point and he made himself available to all of the women that were at the conference that day. So. Over the last couple of years had kind of stayed in touch with him and checked in every once in a while given him a little bit of, I don't want to say a bad word, given him a little <laughs> bit of business uh, when we had uh, joint practices together. But he just has always been sort of in that framework uh, of connection of coaches. So when I was part of the, the firing in Tampa Bay, uh, he was one of the main coaches I had reached out to to see if there'd be a possibility of talking to him about an opportunity. And here I am. Having that
1: network and being able to make those connections, it's really one of the undervalued parts of breaking into this industry, no matter what role you're trying to get into.
3: Correct. Absolutely. And, you know, I had 25 years in corporate before I decided to go into coaching full time. So I do understand the networking aspect. I do understand the connections. But you're right. I think that that's something that gets glossed over. And I think that and you know this, too. When you see people and they're pushed to the forefront, as some of the women have been uh, working at this level, it's the end result. And they don't really get a chance to focus on the fact that you do have to make those ground root connections. You do have to stay in touch. I mean, I, I knew Bruce Arians from college 41 years ago, um, and at the time it was 36, but it gave me that opening to be able to ask him for an opportunity. And that's how it really kind of propelled me into Tampa Bay at that time. So connections are very valuable.
1: You have worked in so many different aspects of just the game of football and that has to provide you with such a diverse background in terms of understanding not only the game but different ways to teach it and different ways to educate is that something that you found has been really helpful to you that you've had so many different touch points along the way
3: yes and because there's been so many coaches that i've had an opportunity and a blessing to work with so um, for the majority of them i will tell you that i learned so much from them and there was you know, a couple times when I learned what I didn't want to do. Right. So it's a positive and sometimes a negative, but it it taught me. So you have to take lessons from like any level. And I've had some amazing mentors. I've had people that have really taken a vested interest in teaching me the game, showing me things and really sort of taking me under their wing. And it has helped to mold not just my style, but I think the availability of, like you said, being able to pull from different aspects because each player is so different and the connection points with them are so different. You have to have multiple tools in order to reach them.
1: We talk so much about coaching trees and yours has a bajillion branches (laughs) just being in this building and talking to people. Everybody's got a connection to you and vice versa. Um, A lot of that I'm sure is attributed to networking, but a lot of it is also just staying power within this league, within this game, right? Correct.
3: Yes. And I think that that's like uh, a long-term play for any coach. You want to be able to have uh, a far reaching connection so that if someone mentions your name if there is an opportunity you want them to be able to at least know of you enough to be able to have a conversation or bring you in or consider you for an opportunity and that's what all of our male colleagues sort of have built in because maybe they went to college with somebody maybe they played with somebody maybe they coached somebody's son. I think sometimes for the women in the league, it's a little bit more of a stretch for us to build that framework, but I think as we go on, it's becoming a little bit more common, and I think that's going to help us overall.
1: Working with a lot of great coaches is one thing, but you've also been able to work with a lot of great players. Mm -hmm. In Tampa Bay alone, you're working with Vita Vea and Sue. The list goes on and on. Being able to coach talents like that, Mm -hmm. how much does that help you improve as a coach?
3: Yeah, and so that was like a big lesson, I think, from when I came in the door is that everybody wants to be coached, but you do have to respect the work that's gone in. I mean, Sue and I uh, had a great relationship and uh, he was very open to coaching, um, but it's something where you have to look at what they've done, respect the success they've had and not try and overcoach them. So it was just we were very focused on fundamentals there, just like it is here Uh, And that was sort of my fit, reminding them of, you know, pad level, reminding them of, you know, their first step. So it was a good complement to their experience fitting in the scheme. And I'm hoping to be able to continue that here.
1: You've been on a Super Bowl winning team. Um, working with those players, working with those coaches. What have you learned in that experience that you're bringing here to the Titans?
3: Yeah, I I think it's an all-in mentality. Uh, I think that, you know, considering the fact that this program and this organization has had success, I think that that's such a win because the guys understand what it takes to get to that level. Now we all have to be so much more in if you want to do something you've never done before. And that's, you know, kind of the mentality we had in Tampa. Um, and I'm hoping to be able to emulate that here. But the coaching staff already knows that the players that I've met are already so locked in. You know, it's just a matter of a collective effort. And I think I think it's here.
1: You've been able to work with great guys in other places. But we've got some pretty great guys absolutely. here in Tennessee as absolutely. well. Absolutely, um, Guys like Jeffrey Simmons, Harold Landry, Danico Autry you can go on and on. Right. Um, having the opportunity to get to know them, their styles. It's got to be a lot of fun for you. Correct? Oh,
3: absolutely. Yeah. I mean, any. I'm a defensive uh, person at heart. So anytime I see an aggressive, violent defense, I mean, you know, I'm like a kid in a candy shop, but uh, yeah, they, um, they've been very accepting, very welcoming, and um, you know, without equipment, it's nice to see the, the moving parts right now. I'm more excited for when we can actually get the pads on and, and really get to work and get after the offense a little bit more, but yeah, it, it's been a great environment. I really look forward to this year.
1: That violent, aggressive kind of defense style and (laughs) mentality. Is that what drew you to Mike Vrabel? Is that one of the things you kind of connected on?
3: (laughs) (laughs) How could you not take that in from from Braves? Yeah, uh, I think that that's a a great fit. And uh, I feel a lot more comfortable here uh, because of it, because it's a mentality that, you know, we've always tried to keep and, you know, inward. I have that a lot. It'll come out, I'm sure at some points um, and being able to work with, Coach Crow, you know, and learn from him and you know get the technical part of now a newer position uh, in the OLB room. But yeah, the violence, um, you know, the effort to finish the violence, I mean, it's it's a great fit.
1: Your whole career is about grind and hustle and determination. Is that something that you're able to translate from yourself to your players?
3: I would hope so. I mean, I think that you know, a, a good coach sets the example. I think that, you know, you lead by that example and it's not something that, you know, you hammer over their heads, but you know, they see us working really hard, they see us grinding it out, you know, they're doing the same thing in their capacity. So I think it's a good fit, but yeah, I mean you don't ask anybody to do anything you wouldn't do yourself. So um, yeah, hopefully that'll set an example.
1: Your name is one that we've known for a long time. A lot of people talked about low locusts and what you've been able to achieve woman to woman. Are you tired of making history? Yes. <laughs>
3: Yes, absolutely. Um, I think, you know, this is the first time, you know, we have sat down together and, you know, it's been almost a blessing to have this be my first interview because it's allowed me to just work. It's allowed me to just learn and do what I'm supposed to do and test out to do. And it's not that you don't want to have time to inspire and do those other things. But I think what people fail to see is that I'm not here for that. I'm here to be a coach, and, and I happen to be a woman. I'm not a woman who happens to coach, and I think that that fine line sometimes gets bent a little bit. So I do appreciate being able to have these kind of talks, but it, it isn't the driving factor, and, and it's something that, yes, I would love to have just conversations about ball and about scheme and uh, go from there.
1: At the end of the day, it's all about
3: ball. Absolutely. All ball, all behind.
0: Amy Wells and Low Locus, who is working with Ryan Crow with the Tennessee Titans outside linebackers for the 2023 season. I'm introducing you right now to the new Duncan Rewards program. Download the app today and start saving them and stacking them to get the free Duncan you love. Duncan Rewards, save them, stack them, use them however you want. America runs on Duncan. Terms apply. So, Anthony Levine and Low Locus on this edition. Of the OTP,
1: I love it. I love when we have a chance to talk to some coaches that we don't hear from very often. We have a lot of good people around this this training facility here at Ascension Saint Thomas Sports
0: Park. On the next edition of the OTP, Charles London, who is the quarterback coach and the passing game coordinator, and Tony Dews, the former running back coach who's now the tight ends coach, will join us on the OTP. So stay tuned for the next one. Thanking you so much. For subscribing to the OTP, and we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and review the OTP, the official Titans podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Yes. Leave us a comment. We love to hear that. About. would be tremendous. We love to hear from you. And if you'd
0: like to send us a question, you can do that at TennesseeTitans.com by visiting
1: TennesseeTitans.com slash OTPQ.
0: For question
1: For
3: question. Yes, we'll answer.
0: TennesseeTitans.com slash OTPQ. For Amy Wells, I'm Mike Keith, thanking you for listening to this edition of the 1855.